You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul explains that seven, that's right, the age of seven, is the age of wisdom. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Starting with verse 21, you have this prescription concerning the Passover, which is the Lamb, and it is blood of the Lamb that will not allow, very interestingly here in 23, the destroyer. It is the Hifail of Shahat Mashhit. Very interesting. It is the same word that is found in the decision of God to erase everything. So here, if you're reading the English, you think that the destroyer is, is a T-Rex. It's different than the eraser in Genesis 6. But in Hebrew, it is the same word. And ultimately, you understand that it is God or someone God sends as his messenger to do the will of God. And that is why, and I know I keep repeating this, and I'm going to repeat it time and again. It is God who issues the blessing, and he issues the curse. If you have any doubts, reread the beginning of the book of Job. Satan had to ask God's permission to test Job, and that is no joke. And you could see this was imposed on the Greco-Roman fathers. They would have liked it otherwise, but they had no choice. But to stress the oneness of God, and you know their theory against the two different sources of good and evil. You have the God of the good and the God of the evil. They refused that. Not because they were smart, but it was imposed upon them. In the same way, with all the effort they put into equalizing Jesus Christ with God, somehow they had to settle in the Nicene Creed with that scripture twist that there is one God who is the Father, whereas Jesus Christ is the Lord, who is God from God. So I want you to remember that. Don't you say, well, if he is God from God, then he is God. No! You have to stick with the texts. And that's why I think that it is God himself who fooled the fathers, including Athanasius the Great at Nicaea, by keeping his stamp 
and inviting everybody to reread scripture. But again, they were able to put their own cheating when they eliminated the word he died after the word he suffered and was crucified and was raised. And then the Roman Catholics added that because it fits scripture. Just to tell you the joke that theology is. One more time, if in every parish you have two knowledgeable adults who know Hebrew and Greek very well, that the priest of the parish, not in his intelligence, but in his submission to scripture, would assign to teach the children between 6 and 10, then there will be hope for a change. Okay? That is the only hope for the generations yet unborn. And not your meetings and your teaching and your podcast uh, and your meeting to work on the growth of your community and of appealing to other people and of promoting your website and your Facebook. No! It is only if you do what I suggested to you to do. You have to channel very early on at an age where, you know, classic at seven, it's the age of understanding and wisdom. You can choose anything, six, seven, eight, I don't mind. But watch out, stop at 10, because with 10, 11, you are already taken over by the hormones, which remains with you until you turn 70 or 75. And that's the catastrophe of what I call the adults. And if you don't believe me, listen to the women, how they speak about the men. They are eternity agers or controlled by their hormones. Now, don't quote me to say that Father Paul is saying that women are better. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, listen to the women, how they speak about the men and more specifically the adults. And that is the truth. Verse 24, again, to concentrate on the words. Notice, you hear in the English this silly right. Ask someone what's a right. They explain to you what right is in English, which goes back to the Latin, obviously. It's a service that follows a certain order and so on. But this is not what the Hebrew is saying. The Hebrew is saying, you shall observe Haddabar Whatever Dabar means, it doesn't matter for the time being. What matters is that you hear you are hearing Dabar. That is linked to management and to wilderness. It is an utterance. 
you shall treat it as an ordinance for you and for your sons forever. Otherwise, you will be struck. And when you come to the land which the Lord will give you, as he has promised, again, the promise is always to the fathers for this, all you need is to read the first verses of the book of Joshua. Suddenly, out of the nowhere, after Moses and four books about the wilderness, you have suddenly Joshua is entering to the land that is not linked to Moses, but to the promise of God to the fathers. Which I like very much, because it reminds you, do not think that you're entering the promised land because God found you cute. Whereas the strangers are not that cute. No. It's the promise and not to you, to the fathers. Repeat this to the children between 6 and 10. They will understand you because they know that they cannot live their tomorrow without their two parents. Teach very early. And you shall keep that service and the service, I mean, we have it in Arabic because we use a Semitic language, which is the same word as slavery. Here again, at liturgy, you don't serve altar servers. Forget about that. You have only slaves in the church on Sunday, except for God the Father, because even Jesus, according to Philippians 2, was his slave. Come on, friends. One more time, if you don't hear the Hebrew, you don't hear the sound that forces you to link that word to Abed and its plural Abadim, which is the land of slavery, which is the land of slaves, and so on and so forth. And that fits perfectly what we shall hear later in Leviticus, where God had saved the Hebrews from the slavery of Egypt to make them his slaves. And when you, mainly Christians, that adore your New Testament, are uneasy, reread Romans chapter 6, where in plain Greek, Paul says that in baptism we are enslaved to God. And enslaved means not to have a word to say except to behave in a blind obedience. I repeat, whatever you hear, you do. I didn't say deaf obedience. I said blind obedience. Not let me see the outcome so that I can decide whether I'm going to obey or not. You do it. And yet, 
And you know how many times I criticize that in the services of the Orthodox Church and make this child a reasonable sheep of your folk, logikon provaton. Can you believe that? Let me repeat it. I know most of you like that when I say, have you met a reasonable sheep? Because logikon is linked to the logos that only the human being use. That's why the horse in Greek is called alogon. Okay? We have to know all these things, friends. Not the children, but the teachers of the children who are between 6 and 10. You have to know all these things. So mark that first. You shall keep this aboda and say aboda and let the children repeat it three times, each one before you. Aboda. Stop saying service. And notice this, it is as though the author knew already that I was going to refer to the children and he added these verses for my sake so that I would be vindicated in the ears of my hearers. And when your children say to you, what do you mean by this? Aboda! There you go. It's written, friends. It's written. Only my nemesis and my enemies, enemies mean those who can't stand my teaching. They call it my teaching. It's the scriptural teaching. They make up stories about me that I want to impose myself on the others. I don't have time for the others, let alone to impose myself on them. I don't have time for their silliness and for their hormones. That's why I prefer to deal with children between 6 and 10. And remember, after that, it's a lost cause. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.